Hello and welcome to Gaming the Podcast. My name is John Robertson, joined as ever by Stace Harmon. And on this episode, we are talking about Acid Nerves Death's Door. Now, this is the second game from two person team Acid Nerve, their first being Titan Souls, which was released a number of number of years ago now. Um, so Stace and I have both both uh, been playing Death's Door. Uh, I think it's safe to say, spoiler, that we that we both that we both like it. But Stace, what was your and having completed it recently, what was your uh, you know what's your kind of initial uh, you know sort of rea- instant reaction um, once the once the credit rolled rolled? Mm. Did, were there things that sort of stuck out as being particularly good, particularly bad? Uh, sort of you know what was the what were your well, emotions like after those credits popped up? <laughs> uh, I think at the point that the credits roll, there was a sense of relief directly tied to the final boss fight because it's tough. It is a tough final boss fight. It's a very fitting, I think, final boss fight for the rest of the game. I'm not going to spoil too much. Um, some stuff might be slightly unavoidable. I'm not going to talk about story spoilers or anything like that. Uh, so you might consider the fact that there's a boss fight at the end of the game to be a spoiler, for example, but there there we are, there is. Uh, and it's a very, it's a multi-stage boss fight. It's a very tricky boss fight. And it was a boss fight that caused me some frustration, but mostly in that way that some of the best games do. I'm thinking of the Dark Souls and the, some of the, trickier Zelda bosses, I suppose, as well, would fall into that category, where it's not, it's not, it's never unfair. Um, It's about kind of pattern recognition. It's about learning the moves. It's about, you have all the tools that you need in order to, to overcome this thing. And so it becomes about the fact that if you, if you die or if you mess it up, then it's because of your own actions. That's how I felt. It was very much, I was... I knew I needed to beat this thing, um, and it was that that thing of the more that you, the more you die, the more determined you are to beat it. So it's it's the right side of frustrating. It's frustrating just because you get really close and then you die, and you know mm. there's the bosses as a uh, as a point of design. The bosses don't have health bars; they have like these visual effects that tell you how close they are to dying. All of the enemies do, but you see it most notably on the boss the boss fights because they take the longest. Um, and so you know that you're close. You just don't know quite how close. And so mm. you, and that it's even that as, as a tiny thing, it's an incredible piece of visual design. And it, the way that it makes, well, makes me act in the game is very interesting because there's like a risk reward thing because I can't see exactly how much health the boss has got because there's no, there's no actual health bar you get towards the end and you keep thinking that next couple of hits, it's going to be it. The next couple, if I can just get those last couple of hits in, which then can push you, if you know that you're almost dead yourself, can push you into making a mistake or it can push you to take that, that extra swipe of the sword Mm. or swing of the hammer that can ultimately (laughs) go either way. It can be like, yes, that's, that's the killing blow. Or it can mean that you leave yourself open for a counterattack or you, you know, you mistime it. And so you put yourself in harm's way. So suffice to say, it's very well designed. It's, and it's, and it's one of those that it can be frustrating in the boss fights, but only in that way that kind of Dark Souls is, um, that it's, you always, I always feel with Dark Souls that it's like, 
is probably my fault. There's not a lot of unfair stuff that happens, is, is what I'm saying. There's not a lot of like, oh, you, you should have seen, you, you know, there's no, in, without foreknowledge, there's no way that you could have avoided X. That doesn't happen. It's like the, the attacks are telegraphed in a, you know, even in a, a way that you need to learn, but in a way that is recognizable. You don't just get like, you know, out of nowhere, slammed against the wall and there's nothing you could have done to avoid it. So, uh, so yeah, relief then was the first kind of thing that I felt after I beat the boss because it took me a long time. It was that's what every games designer, games developer looks for in their player base. The primary response to beating the game is just relief. That it's <laughs> that it's done now. Well, it yeah. was yeah, relief in the, yeah, not relief. Oh, thank God that's over. I'm never playing that again. Absolutely not relief in in that yeah, very specific boss fight. And then a uh, there's also like a the thing with. There's a there's a critical path through the game, obviously, and that takes in a number of boss fights, but there's a load of extra sort of side stuff that you can do. And so having beaten the game or completed the game, you know, if that's how we want to term it, um, the language, I think, is interesting there. But having beaten the game, as we often talk about doing with games, the thing I'm also interested in and uh, looking forward to going back into it and exploring it kind of just all the nooks and crannies and all the bits and pieces um, to see, to explore the world. Cause I, I enjoyed spending a lot of time in the world and that was, it was like the boss fights of stuff that you need to do to progress the story. But the, the actual joy of the game comes from exploring and finding how, how, how this area links to this area. And there's a little bit of kind of like sort of the Metroid about it of, you get a certain weapon and you're a tool and you can go back and find other paths, but they're not critical path um, things. They are optional things. So it rewards mm. exploration in, it's not like, Oh, this is artificially gated off until you go to this other area and pick up this thing. And you're going to need to crisscross in order to finish the story. It's quite, they're quite discrete areas and you go into one and you can play that through to the end. And then you go back to kind of the hub and you can go into the next one. But if you want to, you can go back and explore and have a look for other things. Um, and often they are power-up related things, but there's also little bits of narrative reward as well dotted throughout and world building and kind of the environmental story setting that we've talked about before um, is also dotted throughout and is used as reward as well. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it and I'm I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Um Yeah. It's telling that I only unlocked five achievements having completed the game. Played it for 12 hours and unlocked five achievements. So there's yeah. like a lot more to see. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of, yeah, I, I um, sort of reflect in a similar way to to a lot of that. I think one of the things that I like about it, the game's quite minimal. Like you, like it's not as minimal as Titan Souls, um, but it's quite minimal. And I think a lot of those things you've spoken about kind of play into that minimal, minimalist nature of it, of it. Um, you know, even, even in sense of the bosses, like the bosses are kind of quite minimal in the sense that, you know, they only have a few attacks that they'll repeat over and over again. And they will, and those attacks might evolve in some way, like they might become more frequent or they might be, Mm. they might be launched at you more quickly, or they might be linked into one another in a more complex way as the boss sort of starts to panic and um 
you know throw everything at you as it's yeah as it's as it about as it's about to die um but also in the exploration as well it's quite minimal in the sense that yes there is extra ex- ex- exploration to do but it never feels like um <clears throat> it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's just there simply to Mm. Just, just oh well. Then we've got to give so them something to else to do. Game. So yeah. now we better just yeah. dump this extra thing in here. Like it always feels like it's valuable uh, to do, and it and it tends to end on something that is that is genuinely worthwhile as well. Whether it's like a secret boss fight, or it's like a piece of vitality for your um, mm. to upgrade your health, or 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 to see a bit of the world that just you know just looks cool or is surprising. Um, I think also the minimal nature of it, like it introduces. There's more when I've looked when I thought back on it. There's more elements than I kind of maybe necessarily than you're kind of actively aware of when you're playing the game. But each of those elements kind of come and go fairly quickly in like their little two hour. Like the game is sort of spreads. The bulk of the game is the three soul, like the three bosses that mm. you need to mm. kill and their specific area. That they have, and within each of that area, which is almost like, um, and they're almost like mini countries within this like cohesive world that they sort of like rule over. Um, and in there, you know, there'll be little elements that, that, yeah, they come and go very quickly. So, like, um, uh, sliding around on the ice, like, comes and mm-hmm. goes very quickly. Laser puzzles come and go, um very quickly like the moving platforms and firing up the furnaces in the witch's place come and go very quickly so it all it more like yeah as i say like looking back on it and reflecting on it um there's more sort of unique separate things that you're moving on to all the time um and i think like in one sense that's minimal in like it's not like they don't do it saying oh no here's the ice puzzle and or not you know here's the ice sort of like assault course like chest test of yeah. your skills yeah. and now we're going to now put the ice puzzle on top of the laser puzzle on top of the floating platforms puzzle it's like no let's just do the ice bit and now we'll move on to the next bit and we'll move on to the mm. next bit so the game constantly feels like on the one side yes those bits are challenging but it constantly wants you to move on and experience the next thing and experience the next idea rather than just saying, and now we're just going to double down on this bit and make sure that you're the most skilled player in the world at doing this before you're allowed to move on. Like that, yeah. that element of it is saved for the bosses. Whereas yes. the actual exploration yeah. and the kind of puzzle elements throughout the worlds, um, whilst there are different degrees of um, the ice, some ice bits are harder than others and some laser bits are harder than others. It's, um you know like in titan souls like it was all about like focusing on a single mechanic like the shooting of the arrow and moving and just really nailing that to you know the the nth degree um Mm. whereas on this the evolution seems to be actually we're now just going to give the player more things to do um but still not clutter those individual things like in uh, like in Titan Souls it wasn't cluttered because it was so sort of pure that mechanic here they've kind of kept with those purity of mechanics but just sort of place lots of them next to each other as you as you go along but i think what the skill is is that like each of even though you're doing these things because you're doing them within the separate worlds like i said each like sort of location feels like a, a cohesive whole it doesn't feel just like this Mm. mix mismatch and just sort of crazy things just on top of each other 
Yeah, I think the fact that you do go through them, that once you've started one, you do see it through to the end, um, I think helps that. That you're not, it isn't artificially gated off to say, okay, well, you can go this far in this area, but to get any further, you then have to unlock the hookshot, and so you have to go somewhere else and get there. It's like once you're in it, you're in it until the point that you've finished it. Yeah. And that's a and it, it it's kind quite of comforting in that way. Yeah, it's it not is. like it Hollow Knight or Metroidvania yeah. where it's like, oh, now I've got to backtrack through six hours of level. Or yeah, whatever. it feels like it gives each area room to breathe. And there's a there's like a there's like this sort of nice. It's quite peaceful. It's quite a quiet kind of calm game. Not in that you aren't interacting with enemies or solving puzzles or just you know it's not like a not calm in the way that you might i don't know perhaps talk about a a walking simulator or something but calm in in that that kind of comfort way that you're talking about that that you once you get into something it's kind of you're there to you're going to be there for a while and you kind of get to exercise those 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 muscles and those the puzzle so solving does build upon itself within each area uh, without yeah, without layering like oh that there's that laser thing that you had to do in that other area. Now we're going to chuck it in here. Like it, it feels like each place is its own discrete. Um, I kind of like I guess like Zelda dungeons, but this has more. Uh, it kind of takes up more geography in the world. Like there's an actual, like it's like a domain. I suppose it's like here's a an area that this boss or this person has kind of made for themselves. You can see. Like there's an urn witch and she has a mansion and that mansion is in some grounds and the grounds are in a wider sort of geographical region that has its own features. Um, so, yeah, it feels more. It feels like it's just happy to let you explore and to and to not. It doesn't need to give you new things to. Uh, to kind of to look at or to challenge you with every five seconds, because it's just like you can see how this area is unfolds and how it plays out. Um, mm. And that extends into things like problem solving and, and the puzzles that you don't have to, the game doesn't really intrude at any point. It just lets you get on with it and it trusts that you work it out. And invariably you do work it out. And it, it does that thing of, you know, it then means that you can feel clever when you, even if you find the answer by accident, uh, there's a particular room in one of the areas that looks like a dead end. And then I accidentally smashed a, a pot that I couldn't even see. Mm. And then I noticed that in the reflection in the floor, oh, there yeah. was like, and that was that, that's, that's in the witch's place. Yeah. And there's other, in other games that would have been, there would have been a pop-up. There would have been some character there on hand to say, oh, it's odd. You know, have you noticed how you can see things in the reflection that you can't see in the real world? It's, it would have been just yeah. like... Or if it was Resident throat. Evil, it would have been glowing or like doing that yeah. tingy, yeah, tingy uh, lights, you know, beam of light thing that it, that Resident Evil, not the beam of light, you know, that like flashing thing that yeah. it does. And, uh, it's, and that's just like quite a nice, quite a confident kind of let's just trust that if you are exploring in the way that the game is set up for you to do, you're going to come across these things and you're going to solve it. And even if you don't, it kind of just sits there for you to come back to at some point if you want to. 
Like as far yeah. as I can tell, I don't think there's any areas that once you've left them, you can't get back to them. Um, just trying to think if I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think there's so. any, I think you can always, you know, you can always get back places. So, and that also is, is quite a sort of comforting thing because it means you're not worrying about needing to get every single tiny thing on the first run through. Um, it was in something like Resident Evil, for example, Resident Evil 8, Resident Evil Village, you do need to do that. Once you go into a particular, mm. you know, if you, there's certain things, if you miss them on the first way through as you're trying to escape something, then, well, that's too bad. You're not going to get that particular collectible or that, you know, that particular um, item. So there's, yeah, there's like a nice, it just feels like it's got a very nice kind of, it's very nicely paced. It's very... Yeah. confident in its delivery and it just lets you kind of just get on with it and not it doesn't feel the need to yeah ram things on, down your throat on the exploration side i think the only time actually that i thought the pacing wasn't um it's not necessarily the well i suppose it is the pacing the pacing wasn't necessarily um calming was when when you need to like go back to an area or you're you've forgotten where you've been or you know where you need to go and you can visualize the room but you don't know how to get there mm-hmm. um that sort of and then it's just and it just became a bit of like trial and error it's like okay hey, walk into here is this the right place no it's not do i walk back into here is this the right place no it's not that's the only time i think i got like frustrated with the exploration elements that it was because some of the areas like the urn which is place well all three of the main places are quite maze-like so it's not I, I didn't find it always i wasn't memorizing the layout of the areas very quickly so then when i knew i need to get back to a certain place it was just try and error that is it that way is it that way is it that way is it mm. that way it's not and one of the things i noticed in reviews as well a number of reviews that are uh, sort of commented similarly and said that a map would be helpful or some way to just like mark where where you'd where you'd been um because mm. you do there are areas where you go to and you can't access you know like metrovania style you can't access them immediately like the hookshot area in the castle <clears throat> there's a there's a bit that you get to and you and you can't cross the gap until you've got the hookshot um and then once I got the hook shot, I was like, okay, I need to go back there. I couldn't remember, like, for the life of me, where that was. Yeah. And, like, it took, like, 15 minutes to find it or something. Oh. Yeah, see, that that's, that's the map thing specifically is interesting because that's one of the things that I noted that I liked, that there wasn't a map, that there is a... I think that, for me, that grounded me more in the world because I was more, more uh, aware of or more <laughs> present, I suppose, in the world than looking at... A map screen and this is you know for somebody um somebody that plays like a still plays a lot of hitman where a lot of that game one i mean once you've memorized the lay- layouts that's fine but a lot of that game is not otherwise played on the map screen of planning where are the staircases how do i plan a route around this place uh which is fine like that's that's a thing for that game you know it's part of the strategic element of that game but th- i liked that i wasn't sort of dipping in and out of a of a menu screen and perhaps that's part of for me that was part of the pacing perhaps that was part of that sort of calming and quiet pacing was the fact that you don't spend a lot of time in menu screens at all um yeah i think one way it may, maybe it wouldn't necessarily need to be up it's just some sort of navigation tool like i was thinking maybe it could be you know how you like pot 
seeds in plants for for health. Mm. It could be like I know you just like it's almost like a breadcrumb trail or something like not a, not a literal one like here you go but like by like certain doorways or something maybe you could just like put like you know a flower next to it or something and then that yeah, just notes that like okay I, I I need yeah. to go back there back there yeah. back there next time because you're right yeah you don't want to be going in and out of menu screens all the time and i don't think you necessarily want a mini map either uh not mm. like certainly not like a resident evil uh sort of or uh, like a pop-up map where it's like a no the room is green or whatever when yeah. you've when yeah. you've um <clears throat> completed it but some sort of ability to mark it because you can't really do it i was actually like because if you destroy stuff it reappears so you can't destroy stuff to use as a marker in the world i have like crates or uh, mm-hmm. vases or or um <clears throat> or whatever but i mean yeah i mean it's not a huge problem yeah, but, but on the pacing mean. side going yeah. through the same room five times yeah i think the i think for me the reason that what well, i mean there's probably two things i played it in quite a short time span so i played it over the course of a week no, not even actually probably the first time i played it probably was you know a week before i finished it but I then played the the meat of the game. I played probably over sort of three or four days. And so there's, there is something in that, you know, and I wasn't really playing anything else whilst I was playing that. So it was a constant, just, I was, I felt very kind of attached to the world and, and not, I, that doesn't mean that I remembered where everything was, but it meant that I guess I, I had a sort of a, a base memory enough to think, oh yeah, I will come back here when I've got the hook shot and then the next day, the next real world day, I got the hook shot. I was like, oh, okay, I need mm. to go back to that place. So the, the way that it's played, I mean, that obviously is going to make a difference. If you play what for me was 12 hours to see the credits. If you play that over, you know, a couple of weeks or you start playing it and then you play something else or several other things and go back to it, then definitely I can see how that would, that would definitely, it would be like, well, where am I and what am I doing? Um, and I think the other thing for me was that the world doesn't isn't it's it's big enough for exploration and to promote a feeling of place, but it's not so big that I had no idea. And I think that probably feeds back into this idea of there being kind of discrete areas that I knew that oh yeah, I remember now that the Urnwitch's mansion there is a hookshot somewhere. There's a hookshot location. There's a hookshot um, sort of puzzle or something, you know, an area that I can get to with the hookshot somewhere there and it wasn't big enough for me to then be kind of completely lost and and give up because i just couldn't be bothered so yeah i can see i know what you mean um some way to yeah maybe mark the walls or put something somewhere as a which you would you know as an explorer you would have some sort of uh way of marking your your passage through this world wouldn't you but um yeah i think it's the fact also that uh, I think almost all of that, if not all of all of that kind of crisscrossing and backtracking is done optionally, I think helps that as well. I think that that stops it from being frustrating because you don't spend three hours in one location, go somewhere else and get something and then have to remember how to get back in order to progress the story. You you go through these areas kind of in one go, um, but you can go back and explore more and find more areas and find power ups and stuff if you if you want to. So yeah, I think it's, um, I can, I understand the, the desire for that. I think if you, if you're playing it through in, in quite a short space of time, it's, it's 
you're probably going to avoid the frustration that that can bring. Um, so yeah, it's, but the, the, the lack of, uh, which feeds in, I think as well to the, like the, the general lack of just flab, the lack of everything feels quite deliberate and everything is, is very, as you were sort of saying that minimalist is perhaps not the right word that I'm looking for, but it's, it's, it's very, well, it's very deliberate and it's very streamlined. It's like, it, it feels like everything matters. It feels like, yeah, if you do this, this navigation puzzle on the ice with the hook shot and you're, you, you get to a point where you achieve a thing, you get a power up, whatever it is you might get. And then it feeds back around to the beginning and it's done. It's like its own little self-contained thing that you go in for to, to do a particular thing. You see it through to the end and then you you move on and that's there isn't like a bunch of offshoots off that that then mean you need to keep coming back to the same area and over and over again in order to explore more and more you can you can do it you know within a couple of visits i think mm. so um yeah i think it's it's generally i mean by comparison i played not that long ago i played links awakening on the switch and death store for me is it it uh, it kind of out Zelda's that Zelda game. I preferred Death's Door to Link's Awakening, and that some of that is because of that feeling for me in Link's Awakening of kind of it's a bit more bloated. It's a bit more toing and froing and needing to repeatedly go back to certain places. Or and I had that with that that I went back to that game after playing it for a while and couldn't really remember what I was doing or where I was going. And that's and that does have a map, and that's. Mm. That was a bit frustrating. So yeah, I think Death Store is a very, uh, very concisely designed game, which probably isn't surprising given that it's from the guys that did Titan Souls. I mean, that was a very concise, very minimalist, very had a very specific purpose. And this, I feel like you can see the lineage in this game yeah, totally. from Titan Souls. It's a very iterative in a, in a, in a way that I think we've talked before about like Arcane do that. They they build on stuff they've done before. Not in a, oh, let's just reuse it because, you know, it worked once, so why not work again? It's like there's an actual purpose to reuse it, there's a, and there's an iterative sort of evolution to it as well. It's not just, oh, this is that thing that you saw in this other game. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think on the iterative side, like Titan Souls was basically all combat, it's basically all boss fights. There was, there was there's some exploration, but really it's just in service of getting to the next boss fight rather than exploration, like sort of navigation exploration being a thing mm. unto itself um and we've spoken about exploration and, and pacing um in this primarily but desktop it's also incredibly combat heavy there's combat constantly uh whether it's boss fights or just going through areas where different enemies um uh are, you know hanging around mm. um i like the fact as well that the enemies are unique to each area like a lot of them are kind of the same in that they like each area will have similar enemy uh actions to for that sort of assigned to each enemy will be very similar to each but they'll be given like their own little flavor in mm. each area even if that's just like a visual like the the pot that they're wearing on their head or whatever is different just to match yeah. the the area but um yeah complex uh combat in this game is more well, I don't know if it's more complex. Well, no, I suppose it is more complex in terms of the interactions that you've got available to you and what 
the game can throw at you because it throws multiple enemies at you at different times. Whereas Titan Souls were, you know, single boss fights that you had mm. to focus on and beat um, each time. But the combat in this, there's a sort of, um, there's a, there's a sharpness to combat that isn't a, isn't a sharpness in the same way as like one-to-one frame rate, like Street Fighter or, um, something like that. It is closer to something like Dark Souls where you press a button and it's a second, or it's not a second, but it's some small amount of time, some number of frames before your attacks actually do damage. So you've got to, uh, you know, you've got to kind of preload everything. Yeah. 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 Um, and everything sort of takes more damage than you kind of expect it to, or, does for me anyway i always yeah. expect it yeah um it's almost like you've you got out, to do that one yeah. last thing in order mm-hmm. or that one last dodge in order to in order to put the thing away for good um well you like some of your attacks are in chains of three and yet an yeah. enemy might take four hits so you yeah, do yeah, your yeah. three chain attack and then there's a slight pause and if you if you're not ready immediately then you're probably going to get hit if mm. you're not ready to roll out the way or to hit again yeah, and that's. I mean, you can upgrade your weapons and they become more powerful. But yes, I, I, I yeah. very much doubt that's not deliberate. That it's it's done that way. That the yeah. and gives I was you something to think about and react to in that moment. Yeah, I was surprised as well. I was surprised slash. It's not that I was disappointed, but I didn't love the avarice sections where you where it just throws loads of enemies at you and you've got to light the four burning mm-hmm. torches. But then actually, I came to really like those like after the first one i was like oh no once i died on the first one of those a number of times i was like oh i don't know if i like this but then once i'd done that one i then came to look forward to the ones that came up beyond that Mm. um because it does they 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 feel very they ask different things of you than the boss fights do like you're constantly having to stay on your toes you're avoiding more stuff there's often you know you're just being attacked in more from more directions and more areas you don't always know what's coming sometimes there's like cool versions of enemies in there that are like you know a little bit tougher than the normal ones that you that you see just just running around and that yeah i came to really appreciate those and like the level of um the perfectly pitched i think like level of difficulty assigned to those like they're they're hard they're not too hard and i don't think the game is wildly difficult like it's i don't think it's nowhere near as difficult as titan souls for example that's way harder (laughs) um this is a much more inviting game and because it's more inviting on that difficulty level it's sort of whereas in titan souls like you know it always felt like and now this is the thing you got to do to beat this boss and if you can't do that thing then well you can't play the game Whereas in this, you're much more, it's much more rounded. It's much more open to experimentation. It's much more open to deciding I like this weapon or I don't not, I don't like that weapon. It's not, well, you don't use that weapon. Therefore you're really going to find this boss hard because that's Mm. really what you should be doing. Like, it's not like that. And I think that's, um, that's not easy to do. Certainly in a game that's only designed by a small number of people, that's not easy to do to provide a player with that level of um that many options in how you go about attacking the game uh and still no matter what weapon you choose no matter what you've upgraded no matter how you approach it 
that level of difficulty still remains pretty pretty similar no matter what you're doing and like it's not that i've chosen it's not that i went obviously i haven't gone into every boss fight and chosen selected every weapon to test that out but just as you're moving through the game and you're switching things up and you're adapting your play style you're changing weapons or whatever like it's always has that consistent it's hard it's challenging but it never and it's never sort of too easy isn't it you're not like breathing by although i'm sure some superstar players are doing no, that no um runs and all that yeah yeah start yeah. again if you get hit yeah. um uh and yeah but but then you're also not um it's not so challenging that you feel just completely flummoxed and out of your depth and not knowing yeah uh, not knowing what how to how to even begin to think about how to progress yeah and that I, yes and there was definitely some boss fights where i switched weapon halfway through not because so there aren't any like what i would term mega man style boss fights where you know this weapon you have to use this weapon to beat this boss or this weapon is quite obviously intended to counter this boss's yeah, yeah. attacks or here's the bow and arrow there's boss. none of that yeah there's none of that and in the same way that there isn't in Dark Souls, Dark Souls is designed in such a way that it, it you know, respects or accommodates or whatever your choices. And your choices are based on your own preferences of play, not on what the game is forcing you to do. So if you want to play the entire game of Dark Souls with a spear, you can do that. If you want to play it with a great axe, you can do that. The game doesn't like deliberately antagonize you for making those choices. And, and Death's Door does the same thing. So I was changing weapons partway through boss fights, not because it was obvious that, oh, this boss is, I'm, this weapon's going to be better against this boss, but just because my own, like just the pace of the attacks or the recognizing that there are windows of attack that suit the way that I play, which was to like fully upgrade my agility stat so that I was quicker at moving around and could roll more frequently. Uh, the cooldown on the roll was, was much shorter. Um, and then using the daggers, which are a weak but fast. Uh, mm. So it's kind of get in, a couple of hits, get out. And that worked for the most part for me. But then I also found that actually arming the hammer and then just kind of wailing in. And the risk reward thing of, well, I'm going to be in this combat. I'm going to be up close and just executing more attacks more quickly. Um in the hope of finishing the fight, because the longer it goes on and the more these attack patterns come at me, the more likely I am to die. So there was, there was constant, I was constantly making a choice and it wasn't unlike Dark Souls. It wasn't a, I'm going to pick my weapon at the beginning and then basically use that for the entire game. It was mm. very much like each one is valid. The only one I didn't really use was the umbrella, which um, <laughs> I noticed there is an achievement before completing the game with only using the umbrella. So mm. uh, that's one of the 19 other achievements that I don't have yet. Um, yeah. I gravitated. So yeah, I like it, it's it kind of respects your choices. It accommodates your choices, and and your choices are. It's it feels like it's player directed and driven rather than needing to respond to what the game's doing. It's like, well, I can do this. I can overcome this. I just need to think about what tools I have on offer and whether I want to change them up or whether I want to keep going with what I've got. Not because I have to. Not because this is the hammer boss. This is the dagger yeah, boss, yeah. etc. So yeah, and I and I really like that. I like that kind of yeah. yeah it's like that you know cliched thing of play it your way, but it's like yeah, this is this does that in a very quiet kind of unassuming sort of way. Yeah, I gravitated towards the hammer, and I've used the hammer most of the time throughout the game, but I didn't 
I didn't play it in like a wailing on it way. I played it like I got very good with the hammer at knowing the exact attack distance I can get mm-hmm. away with without mm-hmm. the enemy hitting me. So yeah. I was playing quite a, a high movement like hammer build, I guess, to yeah. use like Dark Souls sort of like description. Yeah. But so like get in there, kind do a like hit your, with the uh, hammer. Build. It's like a, a, yeah, exactly. a, a yeah. baseball a bat kind of yeah, yeah. shotgun. Yeah. Shotgun baseball bat, get in, get out. Um <laughs> yeah, so like get in there with the hammer, do one hit maybe two if you can really mm. if you mm-hmm. really and if you upgrade the um whichever one, I can't remember what one is it, dexterity. I can't remember one of them that gives you makes your sort of combos chain together more quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Then sometimes you can get away of doing, and I'm thinking about the Betty yeah. boss fight. Really, like sometimes you can get away of doing two hits, but really you only want to do one, um, and then just get in and get out, and just and just make sure you've gotten you've you've built enough distance again so that when it starts doing that rolling attack, mm-hmm. you can easily mm-hmm. get out of the way. Um, so yeah, I like it. Was quite an interesting way to play with a weapon that would normally be just seen as like the slow lumbering but just absolutely brutal per hit one mm. but but um <clears throat> you know combining that with like high high movements but i think the game in general yeah. that needs to be played with kind of high movement speeds like because you've got so little health and bosses have certainly bosses uh, some sometimes like the mobs of enemies as well but certainly bosses have high well, I mean, certainly compared to you, enormous, enormous mm. hit point mm. pulls. So, and you can't, you can't regain any health during no. boss fights. So you've really got to be moving and you can't block. So you've really got to be moving, you know, constantly. You can't, you can't just be standing Well, it becomes there. about learning that, yeah, those frames of invincibility that you have when you mm. roll, uh, as is the same with, with Titan Souls, as is the same with Dark Souls. Um, it's that thing of, there's the tools and we're not going to point, we're not necessarily going to, you know, nobody's going to pop up and tell you, oh, if you roll at just the right time, you can avoid any incoming damage. You just learn that. You just learn that that's the case. Just like you learn that smashing random pots or mushrooms early on replenishes your Took me ages to figure magic that out. It's like, it's just <laughs> a random, it doesn't tell you that. It's just a random yeah. thing. And beating um, enemies does it as well. It took me ages yeah. to figure that out. Any was, melee attack on an enemy. Yeah. 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 At first, I thought it was just like a time-based thing, mm-hmm. and then Turned I was just like standing yeah. around, like waiting for my bow to replenish or whatever, because I needed to shoot something at some point or whatever it was. I can't remember. And I think yeah, just by chance, I was just just smashing stuff, and I just saw the white little orbs refill. Um, yeah, but yeah, it took me like two hours to figure that out. It just um, yeah, you just expand it like everything else. You're just kind of exploring, and it just yeah, and you you work it out yourself, and it's. It yeah, it feels good. You don't have a you know navy style little follower who points these no. things out to you, and that's Cortana just constantly yeah. telling you what's going. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're pretty much out of time, but just one other thing I just wanted to point out. So, what did you think of? Um, so we've spoken about this, uh, you know, this lack of padding, this um, minimal for want of a better better term uh kind of approach to the design of the game exploration the combat what about the so i think in a similar way the actual the narrative um it can kind of plays into that sort of that pacing um Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's quite you know it's reflective it gives you time to um to do what you want and think what you want um and in a game that is about death 
Um, I think it's. Uh, I like the fact that you know it could have easily been really grim and everyone could be distraught and it's like really mm. morose mm. and you know just not very pleasant. Um, but I like the like the characters are quite funny, mm. like they're and they're yeah. quite like funnily sort of like reflective on. Um, on the situation um i also think it's actually quite even though it's all about death and that you're killing things um, and you should be these things should be dying it's 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 got a very positive outlook still i think because basically like the way i read it is like you know the game the game is kind of saying that like it's not it's not really focused on the death and the dying it's focused on the fact that there's no new life coming into the world so that means yeah. that there's no new you know emotions there's no new idea there's no new like characters there's no new interpretations that have come because these people that just don't die just increasingly mm. become locked into these ideas that they have um, and that's just the way things are now forever so there's no um yeah even though it's, it's a game about death kind of but it's actually a game about the fact that you need death in order to have life almost yeah and it yes and it does it, it it contextualizes life and achievement and ambition and all of that in in the the with the the finite nature of life and well what do these things mean if you don't have an end point and conversely what do these things mean if you know the exact time you're going to die because that's the thing that happens a narrative element that happens comes up later on that's one of the questions that's posed um that knowing when you're going to die, what does that do to your life? What does that, does that mean that everything revolves around that one moment and you're constantly counting mm. down to that one moment? So there's a lot of, there is a lot of, you know, on the nature of death and life and the cycle and death being a natural part of life, not something, you know, it, it, well, depending on what you believe, there is a finality to it, but it's, it's a, a finality to be embraced and it also gives meaning to the other stuff that you do because mm. without mm. it, you can become quite literally bloated in in the narrative of Death Store. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder. And yeah, and it, it yeah, it's got it's got stuff to say on like the the notion of hereditary rule and 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 inherited responsibility and burden and and like if you're just doing the best that you can, what does what does that mean if you're presented with a certain set of choices and you make those choices? Who is somebody else to say that those are? good or bad or mm. like because you've lived that and they haven't it's it's there's a lot there but, but delivered in a very yeah very kind of again sort of minimalist quiet reflective way not rammed yeah. down your throat i wonder if that's why they made um getting an extra piece of health so mm. difficult mm -hmm. because it is mm -hmm. it to extend your life is quite literally unnatural and shouldn't be done and kind of goes against the or sort of it's what a lot of the characters in the game are fighting against anyway so I wonder if that's like tying, if they've tied that in deliberately that like, yeah, okay, fine. We'll give you a way to extend your health. But I mean, you're going to have to go through a lot of, yeah. a lot of exploration, a lot. Because those health shrines are not obvious at all. I, I finished the game, as I say, 12 hours. I found three health shrines. So I didn't even get to a point where I upgraded my health and two of the magic shrines or vice versa. I don't remember, but I only found five. I think of the available, I think there might be 15 or 16. I think it's whatever it is. I think you can basically get two or three. I think, extra pieces eight, of life. I think there's eight of each. 
Right. Okay. So yeah, sixteen in total. And yeah, I didn't. And that's and that ties again into the design because the game isn't designed in a way that it assumes that once you get to the final boss, you're going to have twenty health. You know, the no, most you no. can get is six. And I did it with four. Mm. Uh, and I'm not, you know, as we've talked about many times before, I'm not exactly a you know power player with, with when it comes to video games. But the game is designed without making the assumption that you have to be leveled up or you're yeah. going to be leveled up by the time you get to that point. And that's, again, that's just a nice clean, it's not artificially bloated for the sake of, well, we can make this super difficult because you're going to have almost infinite health by this point. So it doesn't yeah. matter, you know? There's an interesting relationship there between... And every attack does one bit of damage, sorry. is also yeah. that support. Even the bosses, they, they yeah, hit yeah, you yeah. and they do one damage. That's, you know, a finite thing. Yeah, there's an interesting relationship there because normally games would prom- not promote, but like reward players explicitly for going and finding all of the extra stuff and coming in and coming back to a boss fight with it. And, and this one does, of course it does. It, it gives you more health, gives you more magic. But it kind of at the same time, it undermines the message of the game almost. So it's almost like the game feels like it is designed to be completed with four blocks of health. So mm. then going and doing all of the extra stuff kind of almost undermines that core, that core design that the, that was, that, you know, that, that the play, that was the core idea of putting the, players into situations with four health blocks was what that was what everything was designed around and then giving them the chance to go and do extra health kind of yeah you know it kind of it takes away well i don't know that's the wrong way of putting it but you know what i mean it sort of um it pushes the game into a place that's supposed that makes the game much easier but it's the players the players that benefit from that making the game easier are ones actually that probably need it least like the ones that are so hardcore that they're going to find everything are probably mm. the players that are going to be more skillful at at the game than the more casual ones who are not going to find that stuff yeah yeah and um, it does yes it, i think that's true and it does it gives you it does give you it makes you work for them but in a positive way there's gameplay attached to finding each one of those those crystal shards it's not just blow open this wall and you found one or yeah. dig up this thing, you know, what am I referring to here? And you found one. There is, they're not 10 a penny. It is very much a finite resource and you are effectively cheating death by going to find them, but you are being rewarded in that you're playing more of the game and you have to work for them. It's not a, it's not an easy thing. It reminded me a little bit of like the shrines in Ghost of Tsushima where there is an actual like uh, puzzle or section of gameplay that is revolves around just achieving this one end goal of of mm. getting a little, little bit of an extra resource or part of a resource in this instance because you don't even get you have to get no. four of them it's not like yeah, you just yeah. get given it so yeah it's i think overall for me um yes that first initial feeling that i when i first beat that final boss was relief that i'd beaten that boss in that you know not in in a in a positive uplifting way like that fist pumping like yes kind of did it kind of way and then just a uh that now that's done i am going to go back in and kind of just potter about is what it is that's almost what it feels like just kind of pottering about in the world and and enjoy enjoy the the yeah that kind of exploration element now that i've got the stuff and I've, I've as i say there's still a bunch of stuff i haven't found i haven't found all the weapons load of achievements to unlock if i was that way inclined um mm. so yeah and it's very thoughtful i think even looking at the achievements list like the fact that it doesn't just throw achievements at you for 
I don't, uh, you don't even get achievements for beating each boss, you know, and that's almost unheard of in in modern video games. It's more specific than that. It's more, did you do this specific thing? Did you find this particular thing in the world? Did you, you know, go down this path far enough to unlock this specific like reward and here's an achievement for it? Not just, oh, you completed level one, have an achievement, (laughs) etc. Well, sort of, yeah, as a sort of a, um, uh, an opposite to that i started playing totally unrelated but I started playing spellforce 3 recently mm-hmm. or the sort of standalone dlc for spellforce 3 i forget what it's called now that gives you achievement for starting a new game <laughs> <laughs> like you don't even do anything you just press and now play make a character and go and it's like here you go boom like you get like awesome. 10 gamer score or whatever it was <laughs> please stay please stay um, in our game here yeah, have yeah. an achievement as a quick thing i would like i mean and it's worth throwing this out there i've it's a thing I'd be interested in exploring, actually, on a future episode, the notion of achievements, trophies, whatever you want to call them, and how they're implemented and what developers can do with them and say about their game in their implementation. And I think this is a very good sort of case study for that. Death's Door is a good case study for that. And then there are other ones, like you've mentioned, Spellforce. And I remember back in the day, Walking Dead did, like, you could mm. get a platinum trophy just by playing and completing the game. Um yeah, I think there might be an ep- a podcast episode in that, that kind of discussion about how they're implemented and the games that do it well and what they tell you about the game and the people that made it when it's done well. Um, mm-hmm. So if anybody listening would like to hear that or thinks that, you know, they've got something to contribute to that, then do let us know because it's, mm-hmm. it's a thing that I'd like to, like a reason to explore. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, until that time, um, we're going to call it a day on this um on this episode i'm sure you've already played death's door if you've listened this far if you haven't then go and play it you've probably <laughs> a lot of it's been spoiled for you by now but um it's still worth playing uh the reason we're talking about this so we played it on pc it's currently on xbox but um next week by the time this uh what is 23rd of november the blade game came comes out on playstation and switch so mm. It um it definitely is worth playing and even Can I also though... just do a quick uh, a quick pimp of our book because we spoke to Acid Nerve, uh, our first book that we wrote independent by design, Art and Stories of Indie Game Creation, which is a catchy title. Um we spoke to Acid Nerve about Titan Souls and about the formation of their company and this was a good six, five, six years ago now. Um and so that's kind of their origin story is contained within that book. That's worth checking out, particularly as uh, coming up. We have Black Friday deals um, next week, but yeah, stay tuned on Twitter and all of that malarkey to uh, to find out what's going on there. But yeah, have a look at that because there's and there's a lot of other independent developers in there as well and their own origin stories. So yeah, it's worth that's worth having a look at. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you can find that at indiebydesign.net and our Twitter is at indiebydesign. All of our social media is at indiebydesign. Uh, Otherwise, thank you for listening and we will see you again next week.